Everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. So without further ado, I will introduce to you now my mystery partner, led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. I give you The Undertaker. <laughs> the Undertaker, the mystery partner is now revealed. I never heard of him. Oh, take oh, a look. cow. Look at the size of that ham hock. Check out them drumsticks, baby. 320 pounds, looks to be 6'9", 6'10", somewhere in that neighborhood, Rod. 6'10", I don't know, it's hard to tell from here. Holy cow! And look at the look on the face! I don't, do you think it's his coffee? Doesn't look like he's having a good time! All right, creatures of the night, welcome to a special bonus edition of Talking Taker, our encyclopedic exploration digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all Tizam, the Undertaker. My name is Alex Dorio, and I want to thank you for joining us for this very special edition of Dead Man Talking. And I am joined, as I have been for all of our 170 plus episodes, by my Survivor Series tag team partner himself, the only man I want to drive down this, uh, driving this hearse down this highway all the way to the last ride with Mr. Travis White. Travis, here we are, 30 years to the day after the debut of the man that we have dedicated this podcast to, uh, dedicated a good chunk of our lives to, The Undertaker, and we're going to do something very special here and look back at his debut match, revisit it for the first time in three years, and do a running commentary on it, man. I'm very excited for this very special edition. Yeah, me too, man. It's something that, you know, when we, when we uh, initially started this endeavor, we weren't sure how many watch-alongs we were going to do and stuff because we didn't know we didn't really know the format of any of this, honestly. I just listened to episode one, so uh, just to refresh my memory about this match. But, uh, yeah, this is I'm really looking forward to this. You know, once we started doing watch-alongs, uh, I, I love the way this lined up and the way it's, you know, it's just it's going to be fun to revisit this. Like I said, 30 years to the day, man, to the dizzy. Love yeah, it. and it's Great perfect time. that the WWE is honoring The Undertaker in such an incredible way. Yes. They have pulled out all the stops on the WWE Network with all of these specials uh, that we're going to talk about on another episode here coming up soon. Uh, all this merchandise they've released. Um, and they're even dedicating the entire Survivor Series pay-per-view to The Undertaker. All the advertising is based on him. He's going to make an appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know exactly what he's going to do yet. Uh, I'm sure that'll be a, a, something we'll talk about on next week's episode of the show. But for now, you know, th- Survivor Series, it used to be the Thanksgiving tradition. It was back in 1990. Just think of us here as the uh, the extra, you know, the leftovers on your Thanksgiving plate. Just a little bonus meal. It's maybe the meal you go back to 
in the in the evening time. You had the afternoon meal. You got full. You took a nap. You're coming back for leftovers here. That's that's what this episode's going to be. A little little bonus treat for you guys out there. Exactly. It'd be like a, like a uh, I don't know a little little piece of ham hock before you or before mm. or after you get to your uh, your meal. So <laughs> look at the size of that ham hock. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we won't be hearing that tonight, but we will we actually see those words pop up on it. But yeah, you listen, you guys listening at home could w- watch along with us and hear Brody Piper say that. So. Yeah. It will be our wonderful dulcet tones here as uh, you and I mm. talk about this. And man, let's just take a second before we dive into the match and just talk about uh, how we have gotten here. You know, we started this podcast in August of 2017. And Travis, you said you listened to our uh, first episode mm-hmm. earlier today to get ready for this. Uh, we Most of you listening have probably listened to it. A lot of you have been along for the, for the ride or you've gone back and listened to stuff and Obviously, we, we were still working out the kinks back then. Uh, you know, it took us, I'd say it took us like, you know, a good 20 or 30 episodes to really mm-hmm. figure out our format, get the sound quality right. So, um, you know, that's always been, you know, kind of just one of those things. You can't really do anything about it. I don't want to go re-record nope. episodes or anything like that. But, you know, I thought it would be fun uh, to do something else to celebrate, to look back at this match in a different way. And we're not going to do that with all of these early episodes. No. But this one is special and unique, and it makes sense to do that, especially since you know, we're, we're coming to the end of our podcast. We're, we're near the end of our journey. Uh, we're not exactly there yet, but, it, but it's just perfect timing to look back um and see how far The Undertaker has really come as we're currently covering him in the year 2015. So he's close enough to, to present oh, yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, we're at 20, we just did his 25 years, you know, on, on the regular Talking Taker timeline. But yeah, it's funny, even as I listened back to episode one um, of our show, is we didn't even like break down the match. Like we talked about the high spots of him and his intro and all that stuff. And like, talked about him but like you know we kind of tweaked that as we went on and, and morphed our show and gave more build up and more everything of course there was no build up for this but i'm just saying we've we've, we've our shows evolved and so it is going to be nice to go back and really dig into the actual play-by-play of this match because there's a lot more uh stuff going on you know even after he's eliminated or whatnot too so like just just be fun to, to go back and revisit because there's so much more that more ham left on the hawk that we left on that episode <laughs> certainly a legendary match for sure um uh you and i let's go back to 1990 uh you and i were still a good ways away from meeting each other uh we we're both four years old <laughs> at this yeah, point in time four and a half so yeah. <laughs> that's our perspective uh neither one of us would have been watching this live i know a lot of you listeners uh might have watched it uh as it happened back in the day which is really cool but uh I know for me, this was, I think I said this on our original episode, this might be the Mm pay-per-view I've seen the most in my life. This was a favorite of mine to rent from the video store, a local video store called Video To Go in our hometown uh, in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, They had a robust wrestling video selection, but for Mm -hmm. some reason, Mm -hmm. this is one of my favorites. I I just love the Survivor Series. I loved the gobbledygooker when I Mm -hmm. was a kid. Uh, It had Hogan. It had Warrior. um, It had the ultimate 
ultimate survivor match at the end of the night where they all oh, came yeah. back and was the only time they ever did that. Uh, so I've seen this many, many times. Uh, do you have any memories of seeing this for the very first time? Uh, I think I, I mentioned on our episode one is that I don't believe I even saw this pay-per-view until about 96, 97 when I began to re you know, get back into wrestling. And then I'm sure it was at your recommendation of, Hey, you got to check out Survivor series, you know, 90. And so I remember, cause I remember putting in the tape and watching, I'd heard about the guy, Woody Gooker. And I remember how, <laughs> you know, I've been on wrestlecrap.com and seen that, but I actually seeing it and seeing Taker, I always wanted to see Taker's introduction. Cause we talk about on episode one, where I remember flipping channels and seeing him, but I, I, I cannot recall the first time I actually laid my eyes on him or what age I was or anything, but I do remember him, uh, and I remember the WrestleMania arcade game uh, that, you know, mm. playing with him on that and stuff. Even if I wasn't yeah. a big wrestling fan, that was a fun game. But um, going back, so it was probably 96, 97 when I actually saw this match for the first time. So, uh, And then I probably hadn't watched it again until we did Talking Taker episode one, and then here we yeah. are again. So I know I have not watched it in the last three years. So now, I have uh, not either. Sure. So uh, I'm excited for eight <laughs> legends here. Uh, this is, by, by my count... Uh, I went back and looked at this uh, last year, I think, around Hall of Fame time. This would be uh, the only match in Survivor Series history that's got seven Hall of Famers out of eight in it. The only one who's not in the Hall of Fame is The Undertaker, who we know will go into the Hall of Fame yeah. sooner rather than later. So it will... One day, this will be the only match in Survivor Series history where every person on all the teams is a Hall of Famer. And if you look back through Survivor Series, it's probably going to be the only one in mm. history. Like yeah. There's all sorts of matches where there's there's a stinker on there. Right. Uh, or like Chris Benoit is in them, or Owen Hart, yeah, or something yeah. like that, who's not going in the Hall of Fame. Um, except There's some in recent years with these big Raw versus SmackDown matches that might one day go in there depending on how some of these guys careers go but as far as looking back through the archives right. that's think of all the survivor series matches yeah and this is the only one you can say that about that's crazy man that is crazy so yeah i mean it's definitely a star-studded match here if we're going to get into so well let's take our time traveling hearse back to november 22nd 1990 from the hartford civic center in hartford connecticut uh, if you want to join us on the WWE Network, uh, you're going to go to 25 minutes and 26 seconds on the Survivor Series 1990 pay-per-view. So uh, there's actually two chapters on there. Uh, one says uh, Dream Team versus Million Dollar Team. That's the one we've selected here. So the, the chapter that has Undertaker's face on it, don't click on that one. Click on the one before right. it because we're going to get everybody's entrance here before we get to Undertaker's entrance, the iconic one here. So that happens, again, if you select the Dream Team versus Million Dollar Team chapter or if you just fast forward to 25 minutes, 26 seconds, you should be uh, aligned with us on here. And uh, we're going to do uh, what we just did with the bottom line guys last week. We're going to do that watch along. Uh, but just for this match, just, uh, just a brief bonus show here for you uh, as you're getting ready for the Undertaker 30 celebration at Survivor Series tonight. So get that all queued up. Pause us if you need to. And uh, Travis, why don't you give us that countdown? All right, we'll go three, two, one, play, and we'll push it on play. So, just like uh, Stephen Tyler says. All right, ready? And three, two, one, 
play. Now, what do you think uh, Steven Tyler was doing on November 22nd? Uh, who? Oh, uh, what? Um, <laughs> probably loving an elevator. <laughs> yeah, that's about. That seems right here. <laughs> so speaking of love, look at that man. America. Team captain. Dream. He's my captain. Forever captain. Captain. My captain. Yeah. Oh, and Coco. Coco, beware! Hall of Famer, right there. Where's that? Now Frankie. Yeah. Frankie. Yeah, that's messed up. Dude, look at these introductions. They're just rolling out. Look at that yarmulke <laughs> that he's got on. I'm just gonna I call it Skullcap. Yeah. <laughs> look at well, you ladies. see the you see the beard. You know, it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> look at that leather yarmulke. Look, look at, at that Dusty's man. Forehead. It looks like <laughs> train scar track. tissue that I wish you saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that song about Dusty Rhodes? It is. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did oh, not know man. that. Look, these guys are all rocking the pink. Yeah, Look color coordinated. Um, pink and black and red. I like it. I like it. Um, so, obviously, the storyline going into this match is um, Dusty is his team captain. Ted DiBiase is the team captain on the Million Dollar Team. They've been feuding. That's how they used to do Survivor Series back right. in the day. Uh, everybody would kind of have these storylines against each other, and you rarely got to see all these stars up against each other uh, as Rhythm and Blues comes out. But uh, Ted DiBiase has got a mystery partner on his team. And it's one of the mysteries going into Survivor Series. The other one, of course, being the big giant egg that we're going to see hatched at some point later in the night. Yeah, like, <laughs> Tale yeah. of uh, two mysteries here. Yeah, and you mentioned that on our episode one of Talking Takeout that this show is Vince's creative, both sides of the same coin. You know, mm -hmm. you got the gobbledygooker and you got the Undertaker. And you mentioned how he was equally as excited probably about both of them and probably thought right. both of them had the potential to be stars. Yes. As we speak of, speaking of stars, here he is, King Olive Garden himself, Virgil. <laughs> Virgil getting them <laughs> breadsticks. <laughs> exactly. But you're, yeah, man, oh. it, this is maybe. Vince's worst creative idea of all time and his greatest. Yeah, you could make exactly. the argument for Gobbledygooker yeah. being the worst of all time and Undertaker being the best. Yeah, and you remember we've talked about and Taker's gone on record saying that, you know, he was watching the television leading up to this and saying, like, oh no, because they were advertising the egg. Like he's like, Oh no, I'm gonna be Eggman. Like the Eggman. I'm gonna be Eggman. Who like, could yeah, get you? Yeah, exactly. And there well, he is. Without further the, ado, the beast. He introduces us to his mystery partner, led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley. Ted DiBiase gives us The Undertaker. Oh, my. Look the at the partner. presence. Look at him. The way they shoot this camera angle from down low, it, it's just, oh, so good, man, giving him that bigger size. The Undertaker. Look at that big old tie he's got. Check out the drumsticks, <laughs> baby, it says. On. 320 pounds. And this is, you know, oh. uh, if you're watching wrestling at this time, you might recognize him as Mean Mark from WCW. But as a kid, you're not. And that's who they're targeting right no. now. There's the smart exactly. audience, smart fan audience. It doesn't exist in the same way. Uh, not, not even close uh, did, uh, you know, that it does today. So most guy, people are thinking, this is a zombie. <laughs> this is really right. a zombie. Look at the makeup on his eyes. Exactly. That 
Oh, that stare across his face. See? The mustache oh, yeah. on that thing. That guy is like <laughs> bewildered by him though. But look, even the here, he's got the stare. Now again, he like basically speed walked to the ring according to what relative to what he's going to eventually sure. do and yeah. took the hat off very quickly there but like he doesn't have all this is night number one you know granted they've filmed a couple matches for superstars where he was called Kane the Undertaker but that hasn't shown yet but look Taker's starting off the match he is man he is gonna uh be the first person that he's ever gonna be in the ring with here on an official match is gonna be the hitman Bret oh, Hart a man a, that yeah. he shared some excellent matches with uh some of oh, our favorites so that good. we covered on the show that Royal Rumble 96 was one right uh 96 was one and Survivor and Series 97. 97 yeah some awesome ones here so no oh, SummerSlam 97 yeah 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 not Survivor Series. <laughs> oh, look at that. That choke slam right there. Uh, early like... choke slam. And he's choking him out on the ground. Notice his black gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, I think one of the only times he ever wore that as opposed to the gray gloves is he's going to interact with the anvil now. Bret Hart didn't know what to do. Yep, he didn't and know what to do. Hart doesn't do it. I mean, Neidhart's a guy who just knocks people over. And Undertaker right. just picked him up and slammed him like he was nothing. And now, now Coco's, Coco's done. Turn. Coco's going to go. Oh, he almost decapitated him. <laughs> he just about broke his jaw. Woo. Oh, man. And Coco. this this fast. Wow. Within 90 seconds, a tombstone. Oof. That hurts <laughs> right my neck. Right on Coco's head. Uh, and one thing I will say, you know, we talk about his presence. Oh, God, he just rolled him out and of the ring. he just rolls him out of the ring, yeah. He had his back so to the camera, good. man. He missed the hard cam. He did. I love it, man. They didn't worry about that back then. It seemed more legit. You're right. You know? They did. But look, he just spiked him on his head, pinned him. He did the classic pin that will become the classic pin. Here's his first lockup right there with Brett. Yeah. Hitman first oh, man. one to get some moves in, some punches on Taker, but he's not selling it. He's unfazed. <laughs> he's like, he's going to tag out, tags too. out to the hammer. Boxcar Greg Valentine. He says, stop, him a time. There he is. <laughs> oh, man, poor oh. Greg with his, <laughs> with his dyed hair. Dusty Rose is in the match now, baby. Look at that. He doesn't even, it's like he just went in blind and picked out some, like, outfit. He doesn't even match. <laughs> Yellow <Dusty>? boots, red <laughs> and white and black knees. Yeah, he doesn't even match at all. Uh, he's on his way out, man. He, he's He's about to depart the company here. Head back home to WCW. That's right. Oh, elbow. But uh, uh, look at Undertaker's gear. I mean, we're not seeing him right now as Anvil gets in the ring with with the hammer. Anvil and the hammer. That sounds funny. But um, (laughs) uh, you got seven other guys in traditional wrestling tights. You know, some neon 80s colors. But everyone else in here is in the traditional, uh, pretty traditional wrestling tights and gear. Undertaker, singlet or underwear, yeah. Undertaker looks completely yeah. different. You know, not just his hair and his makeup, but his, his gear too. Uh, just yeah. from a completely different world. Yep, it's a gimmick, but it's uh, like you said, it's not one that 
could could have gone over like a turd in a punch bowl, as I said in the first episode of, that the gobbledygooker did, but luckily it got over. So He's one of the first. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to define the 90s of WWE as yeah. guys in costumes like that with, with mm-hmm. their side jobs and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. And Undertaker's pretty much the first one. Yeah, because even like Honky Tonk Man was the Honky Tonk Man, but he wasn't like, I don't know, it wasn't, it was a gimmick, but it wasn't like he was a road like like the roadie was like that yes. turned to eleven you know like or you know yeah. Duke the dumpster Drosy or Isaac Yankum you know not, right not, not quite like that the goon the goon so, oh here we go the anvil did they tag out I guess they did yeah and look at that yeah, rhino there goes honky oh man be careful <laughs> there goes honky. Honky oh, Tonk Man, excuse me. <laughs> As DiBiase unloads on Anvil. Just, just chopping yeah, wood. There's a reason why there's eight Hall of Famers in this match, dude. They're all so good at what they do. And I love that, you know, you talk about on this, on our show a lot that, you know, early on about DiBiase not knowing that he was like an AWA star and like had been to Memphis and stuff too, like, this is the end of his career, you know, like yeah. he's been wrestling for 15 years before this, you know, but there we just know him as who we know him as, you know, it's just crazy. Same with about. Dusty. Uh, Greg Valentine's been wrestling forever. Uh, you know, all these guys, they're not, not rookies, you know? Mm-hmm. No. So a lot of experience in the ring, which is awesome for Undertaker that he, yeah. he oh, he's yeah. the rookie in here, you know, quite literally with, with all yeah. these legends and he's getting that rub. Uh, just from watching, sitting there in the corner, watching them work. Getting that Thanksgiving turkey rub here. <laughs> Man, that's a wrestling move right there by the anvil. With a vertical suplex again. Taker, he is, it becomes a tag team specialist. Right here, he's just standing there stoically. Not quite, you know, eventually he'll turn into the tag team specialist we know and love. And he'll be, you know, chirping up the crowd and getting them ready and excited and banging on that turnbuckle. But, you know, here is night one. This is ground zero. And, and what a transformation. You know, we, we watched him in WCW. We did an episode talking about his mm-hmm. WCW matches. So he uh, was a very exciting guy to watch work back then. And he moved around and had facial expressions and did stuff. Yeah. And he has to turn all that off here. Uh, and I would love exactly. to ask him, if we ever get the chance to interview him, man, I'd love to talk to him about, you know, how much of it was given to you? How much of it did you go in there you're making this up as you go along. You're having to figure out what yep. is, what am I supposed to do here? How do I do this differently? Oh, Dusty. Buy yeah, on no, a elbow action. And, uh, you know, we just saw Debiasi quickly eliminate the anvil. And I remember talking about this early on in these, uh, in our episodes about the Survivor Series matches, how the eliminations would come out of nowhere. It wasn't yes. like false finish, <laughs> false finish, false finish. Uh, you know, here's the big pin. Like these, these guys are just making quick tags. They're getting them out with regular moves. Oh, high jump, boot to the back of the neck. And, um, you know, we're not hearing the commentary here, but, you know, we've both seen it. Everybody's seen it. Roddy Piper and Girl Monsoon are putting over The Undertaker so hard on commentary. And that adds to it, man. The fact mm-hmm. that. Like they're spooked out by it. They're spooked mm-hmm. out by his eyes as he does that signature choke into the corner. And commentary can make or break stuff for the people sitting at home. You know, if they just 
We're, yeah. I mean, Roddy Piper, he does. He's he's Roddy Piper. He cracks some jokes and he's a little bit silly. And Sure. Uh, but if they were just completely laughing this guy out of the building or not taking him seriously, uh, he wouldn't be the legend that he is today. They, they make or break him in that moment. They can. Yeah, just has the ascension, what that's like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as being night one on the main roster, so... But um, we do we talk about on our episode one how you know they are putting him over at the same time they're talking about does he know the rules you know because we'll get to his elimination here shortly like that could have if you weren't careful that could have been looked at as if he's a buffoon but they didn't they didn't play it that way but like even so you know like like you said it's just so important the commentary here because they are putting him over they're not saying oh what a moron for you know not knowing the rules and whatnot or getting eliminated the way he did. Look at this. Oh, off the top rope. From the top rope, going for a pin here. And he eliminates Got it. a freaking former NWA champion, Dusty Rhodes. right up. And Dusty Rhodes just laid was... down clean yeah. to him off a double axe handle, man. That is huge. Yeah. That's big stuff, man. Oh, did Dude. you see uh, Shane O'Mac on the outside? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Pritchard <laughs> putting the boots to Dusty, his There's friend. A preview for an upcoming episode where we'll be talking yeah, about Undertaker, exactly. Shane, and man. Maybe his longest rivalry here, man. This is where it all began. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. Oh, and golly. Oh, Brucey, baby. <laughs> Dusty and Bruce, we know, are good friends backstage. And now they're. Yeah. <laughs> that was like and, Bruce's mentor. And here we go. I mean,. Taker is beating up Dusty Rhodes for attack, attacking his manager. And there's Shane O'Mac. Isn't that yeah, Shane? Is, yeah, that's Shane. Yeah, that's where yeah. the rivalry starts right here. Look, he is. Exactly. This reminds me of Mankind attacking the Undertaker mm-hmm. six yes. years later and how he manhandled him. It's very similar to what Undertaker's doing to Dusty here. But Undertaker, very important. He does not get pinned here in his yep. debut match. He is. He. He gets eliminated, but he looks like a savage as he goes out there just attacking somebody. And, so, and if you are watching along with the uh, closed caption, Roddy Piper just said he's big, but he's dumb. Again, that could have been taken the wrong way, and they could have buried him right there. It wasn't the thing though; it was just like he's big, he's scary, he's terrifying, but he has no, like almost like he's untamable. Almost, you know, mm-hmm. and he has no, yeah. can, you can't control him. He's just out of control. He's a monster. So again, yeah. that could have been. That could have been taken the wrong way, but again, Taker would have overcome it anyway, but he didn't have to. It was just, he's so good. Oh! oh over the top what? rope. What? An atomic drop cell. That was Rick Rude level there from yeah. DiBiase. Oh, and a Brett? cross body from the Hitman. Yeah, Hitman and DiBiase. Great. Hitman small packaged Greg Valentine. So it's down yeah. to these two right here. Yep. Which, again, they're going to put on. If, you might give them 20 minutes in the ring in a oh, singles match. Yeah. Come you on. kidding me? I feel like Ted DiBiase is underrated as a wrestler. I don't know. Dude. I just don't feel like he gets enough love as yeah. like his actual in-ring skills. He's he phenomenal. He's fantastic. He is phenomenal. He's such a good heel. Absolutely. He, he's somebody you could you could put into 2020, you know, his style, his skill, and he would get over. Yeah. He wouldn't miss a beat, I don't think. No, yeah, absolutely. No. It's crazy. And Brett's going to hook on the... Uh, Scorpion Deathlock, Sharpshooter. You think? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Boom. Going to kick to the midsection. He's going to uh, do a little wishbone there here exactly. on Thanksgiving night. What's the story wishbone? 
there he goes. DiBiase, they're just hugging in the corner. But again, even this, it doesn't look choreographed. It looks like they're, you know, we we know it's a work at this point. But, um, I mean, now, but when I was four, I didn't. But, you know, it just, it still looks, it looks real, you know. And, you know, we talk on our on episode Ooh, one about. That oh, looked real. <laughs> nobody takes a chest first. Turn Yee, better I don't, I don't understand how he does it. No. Is this it? No. We talked about on episode one of Talking Taker about how, you know, one thing that fascinated us about wrestling, you're talking about Saturday morning cartoons is where you, where you found wrestling was Saturday morning. And, uh, we talked about, you know, there were cartoons come to life, especially with this, the bright colors and the characters and stuff. But one thing that occurred to me as I was listening, you know, we, I like to make a lot of superhero, uh, analogies and stuff, but think about it too. Like we talked about how their superheroes come to life, you know, especially guys like Taker and Sting and stuff like that. But, um, think about what movies are, a dime a dozen nowadays in 2020 in superhero movies superhero movies and yeah. tv show i mean it is the market is flooded but in 1990 91 92 i mean it wasn't until 2000 when like x-men came out that it was became that was the like the big hollywood you know thing with as far as uh you know i guess them coming in the mainstream you know so it took another 10 years after this but like in my opinion, that's part of what the reason why it was still magical to us as kids because we this yes. this was where we saw our superheroes. Yes, we couldn't go to the cinema, cinemaplex, whatever. <laughs> you couldn't go to the theater and see them. You had to watch them on TV. So we had to read about them in comic books. But this was them coming to life. So I think that's one thing that I, I'm glad I listened back to today because I wanted to make that connection for us and for the fans. No, nah, this was oh, this was He Man, Ninja Turtles, Batman, all come yeah. to life here. Um, it really was. How did? TV asking not get disqualified. Virgil was holding Bret Hart. Yeah. Hebner was looking right at him. Yeah. Terrible. Hebner. You know, and uh, it's terrible. Terrible. Um, oh, love that elbow. Doom. Working on it. Yeah. I love that backbreaker he does, too. It was great. Yes. So crisp. So, great stuff. Oh. But anyway, yeah, it's just, um, you know, this is where you got to see. And, and you mentioned, too, um, episode one about Survivor Series being where you got to see the super, like, the superheroes team up. And I mentioned how, you know, it was like the Avengers, which is true. This is where you get to see all your superheroes and your favorites yeah. team up or supervillains. And right there, we just got the heels won. The supervillain won. DiBiase rolled through a crossbody on Bret Hart. Uh, great finish, man. It protects Bret Hart. He's the underdog. And uh, Ted DiBiase just... just caught him there uh he didn't you know yep. didn't devastate him he just caught him a little bit smarter here like tonight. you said yeah yeah i mean the only person they had a finisher to, to pin somebody was taker and we didn't know it was his finisher at that point he's the yeah. only one to use a finishing move to finish a guy i think coco but we knew it was his finisher <laughs> <laughs> lights out coco oh my gosh but seriously everyone else here was eliminated just kind of quickly swiftly you know the other guy outsmarted him whatnot or you know taker got the big Double axe handle, but still, that wasn't like a big move. But like right there, he just rolled through. DiBiase rolled through the crossbody and got the pin. It's just, man, I love the genius booking of that. <laughs> I love, love the fans in the crowd. Yeah, I can do <laughs> yeah. a whole episode just on the fans here tonight. But man, that's it. That's it. It went it's by all. so fast. Um, and Undertaker, he's in it for all of maybe three or four minutes. Um, but just from that entrance, just from the uh, the the way that the other wrestlers interact with him, yep. from his motions, his movements, it's it's pretty much all there, and it's yeah. all um, legendary. 
uh, yep. you know, pretty much already. He has such a presence. Uh, he is such a spectacle that you know, okay, we're we're on to something here. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you didn't know it was going to last 30 years, but, right. um, you know, you've got something there. And again, the only one not pinned or submitted, you know, he eliminated himself, you know, on accident. So, um, yeah, just really putting him over there, not taking a pinfall on your first night in. So it's amazing what that can do. Yeah, not taking a pinfall on your first time in the company, so and not being the Eggman either. I think that yeah, helps that too, for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. So here we are, thirty years later. The Undertaker is going to be celebrated for his thirtieth anniversary at Survivor Series again. I mean, has there ever been anybody who could e- even come close to that achievement? You know, uh, he's not. Not necessarily active anymore. We, we say he's retired. Uh, who knows? Who knows what could happen? Uh, but really, I mean, does anyone even come close? No. I mean, Flair wrestled a long, long time, but I don't think he was active. And it was as in different long. places. I don't know. And it was in different places, all you know, a lot. And then again, he retired, quote unquote, and then came back. So, yeah, nobody has. I mean, nobody's been. Like Taker, he's it. He's the constant in, in one company the whole entire time with the yeah. same character. We may same get character. We may get a Triple H thirty. We got a Triple H twenty five earlier this year, so maybe we'll get a Triple H thirty or sure. a, a John Cena or a Randy Orton thirty one day. Uh, but United Taker's the trendsetter. He he is paving the way mm-hmm. for that. Uh, just a couple other notes about uh, just. The timeline of all this, or uh, just how far we've come since all of this. By my math, (laughs) by my math, this is only the 16th pay per view in WWE history. Just the 16th pay per view, and Undertaker debuts on that, and there have been, you know, hundreds of pay per views since that time. So that's how early on he was in things. And this is, um, I looked through the card. Since this pay-per-view, um, there were 40 wrestlers on the card. I'm not including managers. There were 40 wrestlers. 14 of those are no longer with us. So only 26 men are even still alive that competed oh, on this night, pay-per-view. This night? Yeah, yeah, which is pretty crazy. Ugh, that's uh, sad. And um, no one is active on the WWE roster anymore. Uh, you know, Undertaker's the only mm. one close to that. Uh, right. Shawn Michaels would be the, I guess, the most recent competitor since he competed mm. in uh, Saudi Arabia a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll man, be getting like, there, folks. <laughs> like I said, this is historic. It's the only Survivor Series match that is going to be complete. Both sides, both teams are going to be full of Hall of Famers. So I think that's pretty unique and special accomplishment here. So, um, yeah, I mean, any parting thoughts on this legendary match? Uh, I'm glad we went back and watched it. That was a lot of fun to actually break down the whole match there. You know, like I said, we listened back to episode one and we just kind of hit his high spots and, and that was it, you know, and again, we didn't have our format down. So that was a lot of fun. That was a quick sprint there, but again, just fun to go back and see 30 years later, how even from night one, he was going to be something special, you know? But had all the potential to be the Eggman as well, like be just go over bad. But uh, he's rose above it, you know, and 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 is the greatest character 
of all time, and that's that's not even disputable. I'm sorry, but that's that's not disputable. Like you can't no. best wrestler, whatever. Fine, you can dispute that, but greatest character of all time is him. And you know, I love what you said about it being the Avengers. Uh, that's what was so cool about this. You could see. Mm-hmm why this captivated us as kids just from mm-hmm. the characters and you know the in-ring work they're hitting double axe nails they're hitting clotheslines whatever but it moves so fast they're so crisp yeah um, they, they're excellent storytellers you could show that match to a kid nowadays and i think they would be entertained by it still you know, yeah. even if it doesn't have oh, all yeah. the flips and dives and pyro and you know yep. whatever uh all that stuff is good and fine, and, and it has sure. its place. But I think there's something, uh, something beautiful, something artistic about what we just watched, and uh, it's really, no really, doubt. really neat to go back and revisit it. It was, it was really fun, man. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I would probably show it to my my sons, and they might actually enjoy that. So uh, <laughs> even though it's you know they don't have to see the the athletic stuff too, but yeah, that would be that's fine. I'll, I'll probably do that one sometime. So. But um, also want to say too, just like as far as the greatest character, like he's what I think. I think he's twenty seven here. I think I, I mentioned on our old our first episode, but um, he will also grow to become the greatest character, and I'm talking about the man, like the character of the man. Like thirty years later, nobody says a bad thing about Taker. They, you know, Jr. called him the conscience of a WWE on screen, like. That was him backstage too. I mean, sure, did he have wild nights and stuff? I'm sure, but like as far as handling your business, um, as far as doing what the boss said was best for business, as cliche as that term is, um, I mean, he could have he could have taken his ball and walked home at WrestleMania 30, but he didn't. Like it's he could have made a poo poo stink about not losing to Brock, but he did. He's a businessman, dude, and like he's got he's got the greatest character backstage, like. That's all we ever hear in interviews, man. So I think that's another reason that he's lasted 30 years and that he's so revered and that they're doing Undertaker 30. They don't have to worry exactly. about skipping over parts of his – like Austin. They don't – they skip over 2001, 2 because he was a terror backstage and like his domestic abuse stuff and like just things like that. you know. As far, but like you know, he didn't take his ball and run home like, like other guys did. And we've talked about that endlessly on this show. But anyway, I just want to mention that too as far as his character – uh, on screen and off screen. So yes, you just touched on something huge there, which is a a great point to wrap this up on. Is that's it's not just his in ring career, mm-hmm. which is why we're celebrating thirty years, and, and it's not just his in ring career why why he's been there for thirty years, but it's it's the man himself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's part of the reason why he had a WrestleMania streak for as long as he did. Yeah. It just points to who he is in the company because he didn't earn, he didn't earn all these accolades in the ring. It's a work guys. It's not not real. You know, (laughs) he earned all those accolades because of how trusted and how respected and how revered he was and how they knew they could count on him throughout Mm -hmm. the years. And here he is just a young buck, um, just learning the business, looking at guys like Dusty Rhodes and and Bret Hart and Greg Valentine. And sure, even the honky talk, man, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Probably no, didn't learn a lot of lessons man. from the honky tonk man. He's just a honky tonk man. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, incredible to see how it started. Uh, and now we're gonna be looking at how it's going, where it's at right now. Survivor Series 2020 is tonight. The Undertaker will be celebrated. We will talk about that on a future show. 
But uh, coming up next on Talking Taker, coming up this Friday, we are going to review all of the Undertaker 30 specials on the WWE Network. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Survivor Series 2020 on that show as well. Uh, And maybe we'll devote a full episode to it. Uh, We'll see what happens. Uh, We don't know yet as we're recording this, but we'll see. I want to encourage you guys to go back and check out Friday's episode if you haven't yet, as we were joined by Mike and JV from the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast with a look at another historic achievement in The Undertaker's career, Uh, a watch-along for the episode of Raw that features The Undertaker in the highest-rated segment in cable wrestling history which is uh, incredible. 10 million plus people watched The Undertaker face Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWE Mm. Championship. And then uh, in a couple weeks, we will get to WrestleMania 32 as we continue this journey through every single Undertaker match and The Undertaker, Shane McMahon, and Hell in a Cell. That will be the next in our chronological journey. But uh, yeah, until then, uh, happy Thanksgiving to all you folks out there listening. Thank you for supporting the show. Uh, this was our, a little thank you to you for all the support yeah. uh, and all the downloads and listens you give us, buying our shirts at tpublic.com, retweeting and sharing. Uh, it is uh, such a gift to have that and to, to make all these friendships that we've made along this journey. And it's been a gift and a pleasure to be along this ride with you, my friend, Mr. Travis. Uh, we have had a great time. I have loved getting to spend uh, one or two nights a week with you chatting and, and no connecting and, and uh, that's been the best part of this absolutely man yeah this you know this is our Thanksgiving gift to you guys and just again a way to say thank you for the last three plus years and you know we're winding down and so um, this will be our last Thanksgiving that we get to do this you know so thank you to all our fans and thank you to Mark Short for being the first purchaser of our good for you shirt so we'd like to say GFY to you, my friend. So thank you so much for that. Good for you. And uh, yeah, thank you for all you guys out there. And thank you to you for you know, coming up with this idea and uh, have me along for the ride, man. We're going to go we'll keep rolling, rolling to the last ride. So if you guys were there uh, in Connecticut this night, let us know what you thought. And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, uh, have a Thanksgiving and take her easy. absolutely awesome as the mystery partner of the million dollar team of the survivor series another shocker that kane arriving at the world wrestling federation is going to be managed by none other than brother love let's get their comments surprise surprise take a look brothers and sisters of the wwf take a good look seven feet straight up and kane kane the undertaker that's to bury any man that keeps it my way. <laughs> <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I have to tell you, this man, Kane, absolutely destroying people here in the World Wrestling Federation. And it makes sense that Brother Love would be the man behind Kane. It should make for a very interesting relationship here in the World Wrestling Federation. With update, I'm Gene Overland.